Good morning and a happy day to each and every one of you out there in podcast land. Today, I would like to say only two things. Number one, look back for a second and appreciate everything you've done. Love what you've learned from your past and remind yourself not to get stuck in it. Now, second, this one is easy. In fact, it's so easy, it's hard, but very simple to understand and even say. In order to move on, you must actually move on. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. The Salvation Army band played And the children drank lemonade And the morning lasted all day, all day Hey, welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spies, that is Sterling, and it is Monday evening... The week of 4th of July. That's right. Coming up, man. It's boom. We're halfway through the year. And you just rolled into town, literally rolled into town, Kansas City. Yep. Down in Shawnee, Kansas, right outside of Kansas City. That, of course, is Sterling. Sterling, part of the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spies, and we've got just a couple shows we're going to do this week as we continue to put interviews up all week long. Of course, we're also going to be... Busy, busy, busy. Honoring uh, those individuals who serve and also uh, aspire for American energy independence. I'd even go as far as to say, and I've said this on record. Mm-hmm. Now, American energy independence would be like the pinnacle, right? right? Right. But I just say North American energy independence because that's much easier. I mean, because then, you know, us in Canada and Mexico, right. we don't have to worry about the borders and I, you know what? Most of the energy companies want that, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I but, mean, what, what was that thing going on with uh, Governor Whitmer of Michigan? That pipeline is, is Canada, uh, a Canadian pipeline. was like, uh, it's still going. We're still sending that oil down. Right. Now, once it gets to you, it's up to you. So anyway, we're going to be doing that all month long. Of course, I just got back from Grand Forks as uh, we were up there taking some photos and doing some interviews with U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer because they were doing a little bit of passing of the torch. Really? Up For there. what? Yeah, there was a change of command ceremony. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Is it Was it on a military base? Uh, it was up at the Air Force base. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it was a change of command. Yes, uh, I, can't, I can't even believe I got in. Ha, yeah, really? They, they don't do background checks or what? <laughs> Good thing they didn't check the car. <laughs> Change of command ceremony at the Grand Forks Air Force Base today, where uh, Colonel, which would be yesterday, because we're going to air this on Tuesday, where Colonel Cameron Pringle formerly relinquished command of the 319th Renaissance Reconnaissance Wings. <laughs> the Renaissance. Yeah, it's, it's where they do all the Renaissance fair. We R&D. haven't even had any alcohol either. <laughs> or coffee. Maybe that's the problem. I right. I just had a couple sips of the Tom Com soup. Is that what that is? And that got my bowl running. Yeah. Okay. You bet you it does. It looks Coconut like melted milk, ice nice cream with creamy. fruit salad. I love in it. the Thai food. Oh, I yeah. love Thai food. Okay. But anyway, so uh, as I'm just saying, we're up there honoring those who serve. Of course, we had John Lyle. Our interview with that as well uh, as it was from the Houston Astros home opener. Remember talking? Yep. You were part of that as part well. Part of that one. Yep. And Sterling, of course, comes to us through Dahran, Saudi Arabia, where he grew up. His father worked for Ramco, which used to be Standard Oil, which is now Aramco, which is going to be in the news in a bit. Yeah, that's right. 
Teaser alert, folks. Stick around. Coming up in the news, Aramco is in the news with hydrogen, right? Yeah. Well, you know, they they make the news, I mean, every day. But whenever they start to make this kind of news, you see seismic shifts in the industry. Folks, they literally make the news because don't they have their own news station? Oh, yeah. They have their own television (laughs) station? They have their newspaper, television, We're not talking like the Walmart station when you walk around and listen to the radio. No. No, they actually have their own legit like television station where they had to have programming and that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, well, you so, had to take care of the workers, man, right? So you grew Keep up... kids uh, happy. You grew up watching Censored Cheers. And I Censored did, yeah. Things. I didn't even know it was a bar until the last season. Right, it was in a barber shop. <laughs> yeah, I was like... <laughs> Woody's Barber Shop, so... Everything took place in Sam's office. So. <laughs> Except when the couch... No, they couldn't even show you the Except pool. Except when the couch was folded that's out. That's right. Ooh. <laughs> the, bl- the pool the black bar. blurred out, yeah. <laughs> the black bar. So uh, how was Kansas City then? It was good. It, you know, a little stormy this time of year. You know, I went down actually to, to help a friend from Saudi Arabia do a little bit of help on his house, a little bit of building a ramp for his wife. And uh, yeah, it was a good time, man. Got to see some friends, got to reminisce about times overseas and did a lot of hot work. A couple things in there I want to ask, but yeah. it sounds personal, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go down that path, but... Uh, Good. Everything everything came out okay? Traveled yeah. safe? Yeah, it was a good trip, man. It was nice to get back and, uh, you know, of course, right back to work. You know how it is. I mean, shoot, you got events coming up, what, left, right, and probably one you still haven't done in the past you're going to go so, back and do somehow? You know, we added we added an event while you were gone. Mm-hmm. We've, I think we've added a couple, but the one that we did confirm is the uh, Reuters. And you call them Reuters? Reuters, Reuters. Yeah. And I don't actually know the correct pronunciation, yeah. to be honest. Tomato, tomato, yeah. rooters, rooters. It's a regional thing. And so they have this kind of kind of a big deal. Yeah, they're like the news thing, man. They're, oh, no, they're a big deal. Yeah, but this event that we're going to go to is very much a big deal because it's um, it's got some heavyweights beyond heavyweights. Like, what do you mean by heavyweight? What's a heavyweight in this context? Okay, well, uh, the chairman of Dow. Okay. Right, Dow the cha- Chemical. The, the chairman and CEO, uh, Jim Flittering of Dow Chemical. Okay, yeah, I okay. heard of them. Chevron Phillips. Yeah, they're that okay. gas well, company. Well, they've got the chemical division. Yep. Their CEO, Bruce Chin, and then um, quite, and then there's you know some other companies like Borealis, Chemors, right? Uh, Baystar. Their presidents and CEOs are going to be there. These are major companies. What's the headline? What's the so it's it's their downstream 2021 conference. Okay, okay? and so I, I of course I've been we you know I made some friends at Reuters and Reuters when they were up in the Bach and Ernie mm-hmm. Ernie was stationed Ernie. up there in Williston. Yep, <laughs> Ernie was up there and Ernest Ernest. So we'd have them on occasionally, you know, because you know me, I love to interview uh, uh, journalists when they Absolutely. have time. And so anyway, I reached out and got, a, got a pass. And, and so we're fortunate to add that because, I mean, we're going to get some great interviews. No, that's, yeah, yeah. Man, that's ground zero for good stuff. And these people are the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. And so that's, um, you know... Well, and you get, I mean... We, Probably more work hard than play hard at that event. That's okay, though. Like you were saying before we came on air, is that, like, right now, you know, the news in the oil and gas industry is... I, I don't forget you. I think you said exciting. You know, I mean, it's definitely... There's always something happening now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we, we've added that. It sounds like Johnny Green is making an appearance. Uh-oh. Yep. Gonna let his freak out. 
Well, okay, folks. Johnny Green, he won the Earth's Championship right outside of Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Okay, and he's been defending the Earth's Championship now for a couple of years. Well, COVID came, and then there was some issues and everything. So. Yep. What he's been doing, well, first year, by the way. Okay, so the, how he won the Earth's Championship, yeah. Johnny Green. The story there. Is renewables ain't doable without fossil fuelables. Bam. And so by bringing in obnoxious civility, he's able to connect with everybody. <laughs> obnoxious civility. You like that? That's awesome. Johnny Green brings obnoxious civility. Yeah. To the conversation. Reminds me of one of my, you know, some of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> right? Randy Macho Man <laughs> Savage Randy. would bring obnoxious <laughs> civility to the conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Johnny Green is, it uh, sounds like he's going to be at the Energy Expo in Gillette, Wyoming. Really? With the belt and everything. Well, he's doing this new campaign now, Johnny Green is. And I think they're about ready to, to launch it. It's uh, these COVID masks. Okay. They're all over the place. These masks. Have you? I mean, you've seen them, right? Yeah. You mean trash masks? Yeah. They're everywhere in the they're parking lot. They're the new lot. plastic yeah, bag. They are the new plastic the bag. The new Walmart bag is, <laughs> is the, right? That was the big like issue. Like we needed a new version of that. Well, he's going to, you know, don't be a mask hole. Oh, nice. Mask hole. Yeah. Hashtag mask hole. I like it. So we're going to start a campaign with that to help clean up these masks that are littered all over the place yeah you know and it's one of those things where it's like at least with the with the walmart bag is you're pretty sure somebody didn't breathe slobber and snot all over it right. before they dropped it on the ground wiped so, their ass with well it. i'm just saying i mean you know anyone I, you know I, which could happen yeah, i wouldn't want to pick your mask up you wouldn't want to pick my mask up and we know each other i've seen you wash your hands all i know is that when i'm in the truck stops Right outside of some town in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and I'm watching, and I'm walking Frackleberry, and I see these masks. Oh, just the the things that are living on there. Right. Okay. Like up here, up north, the freeze will kill them. Yeah, we're pretty safe for most things. Down there, it breeds them. Oh yeah. The, the warm the yeah. what's that? What's that uh, water one that kills you? What um, in Arizona? Najarlia. Naharlia? I don't know. It's, some sort it? of, yeah, it's some it's virus. It's like a dysentery type of thing? It's, it was, yeah, like a couple kids would get it every year. They'd go in a shallow kind of a water oh, pool. Oh, yeah. And it'd, it'd go the up brain, the nose. You mean the brain, the brain one. one? Yeah. yeah. Uh, New so, Mexico, you know Texas, Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Naharlia or something. It had some yeah. weird name. But it anyway. used to be pretty rare. Now it's like every summer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It used to be extremely, extremely rare, rare, but you'd read two or three cases every single year. Mm-hmm. And it was so bizarre because I'm going, what is this and it's disturbing too because it basically eats the brain right yeah let's get off this morbid yeah, man, topic this is cra- man it's a monday so, come on well let's see we've added a few other events major announcement coming on july 4th okay we have a big announcement coming on july on the 4th, 4th not we're gonna announce it on 4th. social media okay so we'll announce it on social media big announcement coming and uh look on our myspace page Right? Alta Vista, <laughs> yep. our MySpace Just page. Just go to Ask Jeeves, type in, how do I get to crudelife.com? <laughs> and Angel Fire will direct you right there. <laughs> I'm going to see people listening and go, what the hell are they talking about? Excuse me, I use Netscapes. <laughs> the Netscape. Is they still around, Netscapes? I don't think so. I no, think is it, Safari still I, around? Uh, yeah, I That's think. That's on Apple, right? Yeah, I mean, I gosh, I don't even know what I use anymore. Firefox? I, I use Apple Internet. 
Oh. I have no idea what it's called. Right, right. Wh- whatever it's called. I, I just use the thing that knows everything about exactly. me. <laughs> One click everything. Okay, let's see what else we got going on this week. Well, we've got a busy week, actually. We've got uh, a lot of preparation where we've got the Industrial Forest Studios. We're constructing that because we're adding on to that because our next event is an outdoor event. So there's going to be an Industrial Forest Studio Annex, I guess, huh? Right? Well, the hard hats. Okay. So we might add a couple hard hats. We've got to add some stickers. Got to have stickers, man. Right, so we're putting all kinds of stick. We have one hard hat that has all animal names. Okay, like Silver Fox, right? Uh, canine pipe inspections, nice. you know that sort of thing. And you know what I saw when I was down in Kansas? Chewy paws. You I did. saw. I saw somebody have a box of Chewy paws delivered. Oh no, kidding! It was That's sitting great. there. I would drive. We're driving over by his house. He's sitting right there on the front step. I was like, hey, I know that. <laughs> Isn't that neat? That's cool, man. She was fantastic at the... Uh, at the barbecue? Bach and barbecue, yeah. by the way. Mick Hager we're talking about with canine pipe inspections. She also does uh, chewy paws. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really advertise that, you know, and so... Well, it's kind of the side gig, I mean, right? It's, yeah, and you don't want to mix metaphors. Sure, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, or, you know, mix your oil acids right. and bases right. together. Yeah. It's just sometimes you don't want to do that. It's yeah. just... It's not good business, mm-hmm. you know? Like, well, for me, I've got two separate phones for my two separate businesses because right. I don't want to mix them together. Well, yeah, and if your secret Canadian family calls you, you know? You, you know about that phone, too? <laughs> <laughs> Thought I hid that pretty well. Nah, man, it. that's Gotta... why I planted all the cameras in here. Secret Canadian family. <laughs> so, okay, so that's coming up. Now, are any more long-term, like, long road trips coming up? Because you just did the circuit. I mean... You were out west. You were oh, we got to Sturgis. You're going to Sturgis. Oh, up. Sturgis is uh, coming I up. That's we were talking right. about Sturgis. Oh, and then we're adding another event in September. September. We're in the final phases with uh, Watford City. Now, what do they want to do? Well, I, actually, this is our event. Okay, this we, is... we are going to do the event. Oh, I'm glad. Which, I asked. if you'd like to be a part of, you can. <laughs> you can. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a two-day event. Two days. A two-day event. Yep, nine to five. It's like Woodstock or what? It's going to be bigger than Woodstock. Bigger than Woodstock. Pandemonium <laughs> will be right. used. Dogs and cats living to, together. To exaggerate the situation. <laughs> Words like pandemonium. Yeah, epic. <laughs> yes, I am answering the question. No, I am not going <laughs> to tell you what the answer to that question is. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. It's been one of those weeks. But yeah. no, it's uh, good to have you back. And uh, how long are you uh, How long are you in town for until you take off again? Uh, well, I'm not taking any hopefully long trips, but I got a booked up week coming up. Well, you got work. the fourth. Mm, yeah, I got the fourth. What do you guys do? Family stuff, you know, at the cabin, right? Fireworks. Got an uncle that likes to drop five, six hundred bucks every year. Oh, yeah. You got a crazy uncle. That got likes crazy uncles fire. like stuff go boom, right? He lives down in Arizona, so the best they usually get is what, like, uh, oh, can, blackjacks get, or does he get the Mexican fireworks? No, actually, he comes up here and buys in North Dakota. Oh, okay. No, no. I, he does when he's down. We get there. the Chinese right fireworks. Yeah. No, I think most of ours. I'll tell you something. Talking about fireworks, yeah. driving down to Kansas. When you get from Iowa going through Missouri down into Kansas, if you didn't know better, you think really the only business there was fireworks, right? I'm on I-29 South, so it makes sense, right? You're going over the border to get your things, but fireworks everywhere. And some of these things were the size of like a Costco. Mm-hmm. Is insane, right? 
A lot of them right on the edge of town. I want to buy one if I ever win the lottery and just blow it up. It's amazing, too, because when you think about it, what, about two weeks a year is they do their business? Yeah, talk about a short window, man. Right? That's like a, it's like a pop-up, but you know it's coming every year. It's like year. a Halloween store, you know? Exactly. You get, you but usually about- they rent the space on the right. you know the month these guys are they don't have a brick and mortar no, these guys are a brick amazon and mortar, distribution man. center well you got to believe the sheer number of these things there's got to be a lot of money in fireworks well in fargo it's hilarious because memory fireworks yeah you know they're in they're in the city limits yeah right at the edge no there. no they're in the are city they? limits because now get this okay there's a there's a uh, township called Frontier. Oh, Frontier, yeah, right there. Yeah. Right, and so Frontier is basically like, you know, a, a nicer development mm-hmm. that was five miles outside of Fargo twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay, and so it's um, been totally absorbed. Yeah, and they were able to keep up and do their own roads and mm-hmm. this and that. No, they no, they they're still their own township. Their own little township. So whatever they did, they're still able to tell the city of Fargo, we don't need you. Right, we do and our own. That's thing. why Memory Fireworks has it a spot right there. there because they're technically in the township oh, man. of uh, Frontier, <laughs> which is now completely surrounded is an island of Fargo. Yeah. I mean, it is completely surrounded by Fargo yeah, now. Yeah, well, look out, Horace. We're coming for you. It's a, folks, it'd be essentially the same thing if, like, your neighborhood, your development, you know, like the um, Horizon Shores development. Seceded from the town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Succeeded. Be like, nope, we're our own town now. We got our own post office and everything. I can only assume, then, that they've got everybody on a septic system or something like that. I think that's how it works. I have to find know? out And, and the road, this. they got Because I live roads. right down there. And they have decent right roads, you know, yeah. and everything, but I don't think they have sidewalks i don't believe that sidewalks because no, it's just housing right well because the people would have to pay for them then. right then they'd have to tax for and the, it and, and the why would you want sidewalks if there's really nobody driving down there except your neighbors well, so yeah you only get a dozen cars a day going down your streets and the biggest problem with sidewalks is it allows people easy access to your house and you got to shovel them in the winter time here in the dakota yeah so <laughs> Anywho, so yeah, all kinds of different stuff going on here. And uh, the crude life, by the way, lots of changes, evolutions. Evolutions. Yeah, because we are staying the same to our core. By the way, we're getting all kinds of emails. Yeah, we're starting to get some interesting, good feedback here. I like to see that. All kinds of emails coming in. See what happens when I'm gone for a week? You get all this positive stuff. And these are well beyond the real oil field women of the South emails. And we didn't pay any of these people. So, oh yeah, but just all kinds of emails across the board from congrats to how dare you to check out this man over here and Mm. oh man, all kinds of different things. We got enough content to go for a round. So we might have to really start doing the weekly email segment. We're going to have to work now. We're going to have to edit some of the emails and take out names. Oh, can we just beep things? We'll have to redact things. Redacted. (laughs) Well, because quite honestly, you know, if you take out the swears... They're only three words long, okay. but they they do have a point. Right. So if we can take out, you know, the names or the companies or, you know, just some identifying factors and just go with the behaviors mm-hmm. or just go at the point, I, I think they're salvageable. Hey, I think if we can address, yeah, like you said, the you know, the underlying issue there, right? Yeah. Well, there's a reason they sent the email. Some of these were really passionate. And listen, folks, I've been doing this a long time, so Generally, if somebody's swearing at me, I ignore it. 
Right. Yeah, I just yeah, I have to. Yeah. And this is, I don't have I ever told you this? Hmm. Twice this has happened to me in my life. Okay. So I've been in the media since I was Sixteen. Okay. Okay. So around around uh, here locally, and when you started delivering papers before that, oh, uh, well, 10, 10 I started delivering right. papers. papers. So ten, 10 actually, yeah. I've been in the media. Since yeah, so you've been 10. in the media since about ten. Yeah. But I started getting published as a writer when I was sixteen. Okay. Okay, and then when I was eighteen, I actually was on the radio. Okay, so on the uh, yeah, uh, you should try that. You got a good voice for it. Yeah, and so kind of you know local right. celeb, if you will. Yeah. Well, twice this has happened to me. Twice. All right. I'm going to tell you about the one time at Duffy's Tavern. Duffy's. Because Duffy's was a very low-lit yeah. bar. It still is. I believe it. It's one of those dive bars that still charges three fifty for a double bourbon. Wow. Neat. Wow. Right. And we're talking Maker's Mark. Okay. Okay. We're talking... That's decent. a cheap drunk. We're talking. That's yeah. That's a cheap drunk that's, right there. Yeah, I mean, they they didn't have a TV for a uh, long time until somebody one of the customers brought one in during a playoff <laughs> game. You know, they was they were the one that had the jukebox auction off because they had the original jukebox from for so long way back in the day. Yeah, from yeah. the you know from Bob Dylan's home collection. <laughs> well, because he lived a block away from dude. That. that thing was probably worth some bank then. Yeah. So Dempsey, I'm sorry, not Dempsey's. That's what Bert owns, but Duffy's. Uh, uh, Duffy's just a. Um, a staple. They serve fud. Of a du- they don't serve anything. They, s- <laughs> they serve insults, <laughs> um, and, and and you love it, you know. Um, uh, they they seriously like two dollar taps, things wow. like that. So people go there to get drunk, and then they usually go somewhere else. Right, it's where they top up. Totally, yeah. absolutely. It's one it's of those, gas or, or they end the night there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pick up something and go. And go. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have off sale as well. Okay. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay. So here I am in this uh, low-lit dive bar, and it's one of those two where the uh, lights over the booths have like that kind of that red 70s smoky mm-hmm. glass around it, you know? Yep. So the lights... Everything's oranges. The, and the dim is even dim, dimmer, right? Yeah. And this might have been back when there was probably smoking, too. Oh, probably. So it was yeah, just, you got it the was haze. Definitely smoky. Yeah, it smells like cheap Oh, it leather. had to be, because this was, yeah, this was in my 20s, so... I'm sitting, there were six of us, three on each side. Two of the people I didn't know, four of them I did. Well, the one guy goes in to proceed to talk a lot of smack about how much of an asshole Jason Spies is. <laughs> because, the, you know, the other four women, right? he wanted to impress Right, them. so he's trying to look like a big guy. So all the women just kind of... You can see it all of a sudden their boobs got bigger because right. their, their scoliosis went in. This, whoop, they, they kind of attention, you know, like, oh, what's going to happen here? They knew who you were, right? They all oh, knew okay. who I was. Good. Okay, okay. This guy, well, he knew me real well. Right. He was telling all kinds of stories about the asshole Jason Spies. Yep. Wow. So the, the girls are just waiting and just, waiting. Yeah, just kind of seeing what's going to happen here. I must have let at least five minutes go by. Oh, yeah. You got to give them enough rope. Oh, man. at least. You don't want to miss this show. And I and I just go, you know, you sound like you know him pretty well. He's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go, by the way, I should probably introduce myself. My name is Jason Spies. <laughs> and I extended my hand, right? Oh, no, I just, I heard, I heard. And just, right, blah, blah, right, right. just all this stuff like that. So <laughs> at a pretty young age, I had to learn pretty quick to get a pretty thick skin. About so that it. happened more than once? Oh, yeah, it's happened okay. several times, okay. yeah. Interesting. Where twice at least, if not more than yeah, that. Yeah, that you can clearly well, remember, there, there's, it, we, there, And people are finding this out 
every day on social media in their circles. Oh, yeah. The wildfire spreads. Oh, God. And when the wildfire spreads, you cannot put it out. You just have to figure out a way to go find a new field. Right. Get- <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email hey studio mama, at thecrudelife.com. Hey, hey, the Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller, especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy duty 40 foot tape measure has three measurement scales on an extra wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, AmericanDirectionalDriller.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. She's got a smile that it seems to me reminds me of childhood memories where everything was fresh as a bright Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Hello. Hey, look at that. We hit record. Mics are on and everything. This, By the way, this coconut milk soup that I'm having. Yeah. I'm not used to this when I when we're doing the show because I'm used to having coffee. Yeah. And the after effects of coffee, I'm just, my mouth is trained and my, mm-hmm. my vocal cords are trained. Well, this coconut milk... Oh, is that why you were doing kind of the... I, I'm trying to a, figure out how to... I'm having a hard time with this. Right, get your throat ready. And it's throwing my game throwing off. game off, yeah. It's well, kind of like when Lawrence Taylor would throw would, would send the hookers to the Joe Namus <laughs> room the night before the game. <laughs> By the way, folks, greatest Bush League of all time. Remember that, uh, Lawrence Taylor? Uh, yeah, I do, but it probably wouldn't have been Namath, right? Because Namath, no, it wasn't no, Namath. Namath. I just, yeah, yeah, throughout. Yeah, but I do remember that was something he did probably more than once, right? When he was with the Giants, so he would do these like bush league tricks yeah. where he would, uh, 
you figure out ways to get them get the other team off their game. Yeah. And loud music playing in the hotel. Right. All kinds yeah. of things. And, and the most famous one is where he'd send escorts yep. over to the, the quarterbacks and running backs <laughs> and the star players' rooms <laughs> to tire them out. Man, those guys get everything. So I just anyway, got a gift bag. Not even sure how we got that. Hey, yeah, how did the, you go right to hookers? It's from- another gutter edition here <laughs> I, this is of the, the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show. <laughs> the coconut milk. That's okay. I'm going to have to check you, buddy. We're throwing, cutting you off. As we said, throwing me off my game. Yeah. So I guess I'm used to. It's like uh, 90 proof coconut milk or something. I don't know. Well, the word throwing off my game usually applies to my dating life. Okay, so can we just do some news now? That implies a game to throw off? I mean, because I have no game. All right, man. Check it out from my hometown. Well, not necessarily hometown, but Aramco. So this is from, uh, you know, Saudi Aramco. Aramco, large oil company, one of the largest, if not the largest. They see sees major hydrogen market forming amid historic pressure test for big oil. So this is from CNBC. Saudi Arabia's oil giant Aramco is stepping up efforts to promote initiatives in hydrogen technology and investments to reduce carbon emissions. Hydrogen is real, Aramco Chief Technology Officer uh, Ahmed Al-Khatwata told CNBC in an interview Sunday after a day of presentations from Aramco executives and industry partners to highlight the oil giant's hydrogen initiatives. Today we're showing that the technologies for the use of hydrogen are mature and commercially available, and we see this as kind of an inflection point in the market for hydrogen. Wow. So Ramco, the world's largest oil company, as you said, didn't detail any new hydrogen investment plans at the event, but they outlined their vision for a lower carbon future. It's just, it's the buzz. It's, it's the buzz now of what the next step is. But, but when Aramco starts swinging around... Well, the reason it's the next buzz is because this is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Now, 20 years ago, they touted this. Okay, yep. 20 years ago... Fuel cells, that's what I've been hearing forever and ever right. and ever. And the reason that I know about this is because Fargo is a, is a like, very much a critical place for hydrogen. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because we have I-94 and I-29 that intersect. Mm-hmm. So it is a critical, um, you know, um, cross-section. Like logist- logistical. For transportation. Yeah. Because, transportation node. Because any of these these uh, hydrogens and uh, these types of things go to the fleet vehicles first if you're going to make it worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So the, they've, been, they've been looking at hydrogen in these fleet vehicles to do a lot of the transportation. And I do think... Hydrogen is a legitimate renewable source. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's much more legitimate than wind, much more legitimate than solar. For for transportation, everything, absolutely. Everything. No matter how you slice and dice it, they're going to figure out a way to harness it and turn it into energy, too. When you can get hydrogen fuel batteries to be efficient, then, yeah, that's a game changer. I'm telling you, crude oil is going to be a lot of it's going to be plastics and, like, super plastics and... And and, the, and those types of products is okay. going to be where a lot of it's going to end up going when yeah. it's all said and done. Oh, totally. Absolutely. It's turning into that kind of commodity. Well, absolutely. And they even mentioned here in this article talking about how it's, you know, most it's most popular right now and most commonly used in transportation and industry mm-hmm. that, you know, and that kind of thing. And so. Oh, it's, it's clean. Yeah. It's so clean. Yeah. But in order to get there, that's that's you need the fossil fuels and you need you don't need solar and wind. Well, you know, it's like going to the moon. 
if you if you're right. no no seriously if you no. it, it's like America deciding there's the moon we're gonna get there if if oil company like Saudi Aramco or some of these other big companies decides we're gonna do this they're gonna do it it might take a decade like it took for us to get to the moon mm-hmm. but they're the ones that can do it well North Dakota they came out too and they're all in on the hydrogen too because yeah. they they see the dollar signs oh absolutely so yeah they're not gonna do it unless there's dollar signs that's the only reason they're doing the carbon capture is because it's it's gonna be a bunch of government money. Now, what I think is interesting, I mean, it, all of this is interesting, but you know what this is really coming back is it's it's almost certainly uh, because of the pushback against big oil that we've seen in the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. You know, we started seeing the thing about Exxon and the and the mm-hmm. uh, different Chevron. people get and yep, Chevron getting hit with uh, plans to cut admissions from the shareholders and Royal Dutch Shell to cut pollution. Gonna, I was going to say know. old Kelly Armstrong's going off on Shell the other day, calling them Royal Dutch Shell. <laughs> <laughs> like they're not American company, you know. Well, well but you look at you look at the <laughs> most of the large oil companies don't appear to be actually American owned, right? No, that's what we tried to tell these people months. <laughs> ago and and when it comes to the wind energy same thing so they decide to change which you know it's real interesting this whole getting your own activist investors on the boards of these companies that doesn't just happen no and so jerry simmons was right in november when we had him on this program and he said the api the american petroleum institute Mm -hmm. is gonna be the epi the european petroleum institute well, when was that? November? Or WPI. Oh, December, World. January, February, March, By eight months. April, May, June. So six, seven months, yeah. okay, since we had the interview with Jerry Simmons. Nobody has come out with the climate tax and con- gone against it. No. So it, the, the, the EPI... The European Petroleum Institute, it's ble- its bleeding into the states. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, when you have... In the same way Mel Gibson did in The Patriot. When, when, when the, the, that's not right? The one guy you wanted Ohio? Right. Anyway. It's got to be the same thing. <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 no. it's the infestant of the, of the European influence is yeah. all it is. And I'm not saying some kind of takeover, but it's the same thing with the, with the wind energy. When you go to all the offshore wind companies on the, European, on the eastern seaboard, because yeah. there's a ton of them, Dominion's the only American company, and they have like one or two wind turbines, I think, out there. Man, I drove through a field of them down through right before, uh, probably right as I got into South Dakota. Yeah, they're all over down there. All over. I was backroading yeah. it uh, until I got to 29. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that one yeah. day because, the, of course, this is, this is all subsidized and, and there's a big push for it. But uh, a lot of these energy companies, because they have monopolies, mm-hmm. Uh, it's the way the monopoly worked is that you only wanted one energy company in your area because yeah. it's just it, it was the most effective and efficient for the people and there was checks and balances that they you know had to be transparent and they could only raise one and a half percent a year or something like that but where they made their money is when the telephone pole or, or when the pole lines would go down yeah so it was on the infrastructure Mm-hmm. So when these wind turbines came, that kind of fell under a lot of times the infrastructure. So that's why a lot of these energy companies started making so much money. That's where it does seem like that's where the money is. But is, now is they putting have, them up, not what right. they give you back. And then, but that's the problem is yeah. now to keep the shareholders happy, they got to keep that mm-hmm. that going. And so it's an inflated marketplace. 
And so how many times more can they get bailed out and bailed out? And that's what a lot of times it is. And a lot of times this last time it was through the bankers that the bailout came. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's going to, the money keeps going to the same people, right? It just keeps doing, but this is, you know, you get a a company like Saudi Aramco or Aramco to come out here, biggest oil company in the world. And they talk about how they're going to make this push. So that immediately changes the conversation industry wide for hydrogen. And you think about it, it's all a result of these sort of boom, 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 these triple punches coming over the last month or so. What I think is happening right now, to be honest, is that you've got hydrogen, and you've got solar, and you've got, I don't know if you want to include LG. You know, to me, when, you know, Exxon and BP, when they do those LG commercials, Mm -hmm. they're great. They're great, but those are hubcaps on a car, man. They're just window dressing is all they are. But they need to. They, yeah. they, they need, there's, it's an awareness thing. It's, but in the grand scheme of things, that I don't even know if it's 1% of the power grid. Well, grant. yeah, and at this point, I mean, I mean, no, no. and with the algae stuff, we're, we're looking at something that if it continues, it's like 40, 50 years down the road, right. it's going to pay off. But you know? hydrogen, yeah. solar yeah. are still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. So if one of these oil companies who've been trying to distance themselves from oil and gas, because keep in mind, I, when's the last time you did see BP or Shell actually do an oil ad? That's unless what, you go hunting that's for what them. I'm I mean, they, they do do marketing, but unless you go looking. They've been doing LG yeah. and, and you know, Sunstream, Eagles. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's synergy. It's, it's synergy, it's, right. It's basically, it's just to say, hey, we're, we're taking care they've of They've been distancing themselves, yeah. Yeah. okay? And, and that's been by on purpose because mm-hmm. of the backlash. That's why I think the hydrogen market... One of these oil companies, they want in mm-hmm. because if they're the first ones that that can be the new lead now, yeah. the wind is just so diluted by European companies that it's just ridiculous. Okay. But the, the, the next kind of the next big thing of energy mm-hmm. and in solar, it'd be whatever the terawatt of, of, of right, solar right, storage yeah. would be. But if some oil and gas company figures that out and gets a three-year monopoly before the patent goes to the, you know, reverse engineers to the highest bidder. Well, that then they can do the lead on that. That's what a lot of these companies are looking yeah. for is to be the leader to say, okay, we are transitioning out of oil and gas, but we're staying in oil and gas too. That's well, that, yeah, that's, that's reality. The, right. And that's, that's the reality. reality. Yeah. They want to say, look at we're doing more than LG. Yeah, we can walk and chew gum at the totally. same time. Totally. And that that's what I think the end goal is, yeah, is I to, do too. to be the leader in that next Mm-hmm. evolution revolution of energy whatever it might be that's where the government money is going to come from that's where the social acceptance is going to come from right they see the writing on the walls and you know in aramco and in saudi arabia you think about it this is a country that 70 80 years ago was basically nomadic tribes right their primary export is you guessed it uh, oil. why did you make me think of that sand monster from star Dude? wars oh the sarlacc whatever they are man yeah. they got the you know the Rawr. robes on oh you the... mean the tuscan raiders that's yeah. it yeah, yeah. that's, yeah. What, I mean. that's yeah. what i was thinking of when you said nomads yeah. Yeah. in the sand well, they're called the bedouin in there in saudi arabia that's the the name for the nomadic oh they have a name okay. bedouin yeah that, no that's not the name in star wars no i've never seen that i've only seen no just no. clips okay. no but you know i totally get the reference though but you know they 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 know that there's an end game. They know that one day they're going to have to have something else that is going to supplant that like 80 or 90% of their entire 
you know, budget, right? Well, I guess you could say that, you know, they've been conditioning the planet since the 70s with peak oil. Yeah, right. I mean, really, you could say that because, you know, they've been having kind of uh, uh, chicken little sky is falling, end of the world plans. My dad got hired to go over there during the the, the crazy peak oil phase of the late 70s, early 80s, you know. You know, and they're finding more all the time. And again, people don't like when I talk about abiotic oil, ambiotic oil. Abiotic. Abiotic. I think, is, I think ambiotic is, is more of a birth Yeah, I'm term. thinking of a womb. Yes, yeah. yes. This is different. You're talking about oil that replenishes over so time. So abiotic oil is a theory that is not very well accepted in science, and it's not very well accepted in the oil and gas community, but it's really well accepted on conspiracy radio and overnight George Norrie coast to coast. All right, so it's popular in the U.S. So, But what, all it is is it basically says is that everything from the earth goes down to the core and then back up again. So everything that decomposes on the earth eventually finds its way to the core. And through the mantle and through everything else, it completely just dissolves of everything down to the molecular and acid for blood. Atom, you know. Right, breaks it, it back down. It turns into the periodic table, basically, <laughs> right? Into the mantle. It becomes yeah. periodic just table soup. It's just constituent elements. Element soup, not element. alphabet soup, element Dude, soup. Dude, I loved element soup with the meatballs. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, mm, yeah that's mm, extra nickel. Little basalt meatballs. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, phosphorus. Oh, man. Anyway, but, uh, and, then, and then eventually it, it works its way back up right and then through the process it turns into oil so uh it's never been disproven it's never been proven right but it's never been it's disproven. never been proven to be disproven either right exactly yeah. in the same way it's never been proven that we are not living in the matrix <laughs> and it's never been disproven <laughs> that we're not living in the matrix either <laughs> i can't live with this kind of ambiguity man tell me all right what's the next red pill all right this is from carlsbad oh it's a blue carlsbad pill. caverns national park almost 200 oil and gas wells sit abandoned within a 30-mile radius of Carlsbad Cavern National Park. That's not a good thing. You and I were just talking about these caverns. We've both been. The caverns, which contain a complex system of underground caves, filter local groundwater sources and could be susceptible to contamination from an industrial source like orphaned wells. Who? Okay, now, did this come from the Carlsbad local writer? The or did Carlsbad this Current Argus by Adrian Hedden, who appears to be... Did it a say local. AP next to it? No. Okay. And, and it's on the local page. Okay. So where is the source of this uh, 100 and... Okay. A uh, study conducted by the National Park Conservation Association... Oh, okay. ...ranked Carlsbad Cavern as a national park or monument with the second most nearby abandoned I'll ones. take off my tinfoil hat then. I was, I was... I put on my conspiracy hat a little bit. Now, Aztec Ruins National Monument in northwest New Mexico was ranked second with 260 abandoned wells within 30 miles. Wow. So There's a lot of abandoned wells in New Mexico. There is a lot of um, drums being beaten Mm -hmm. for these abandoned wells. Okay. But but the the direction is going where the government and the taxpayers are going to pay to have them plugged yeah it's are, are you starting to sense that uh, oh definitely and like you were saying is it we're hearing like shouting from both sides on this thing really is so but it but it's one where everybody's gonna agree with i think both so. sides are gonna yeah and you know the government's gonna pony up and they're gonna subsidize because they're the ones talking about using this as a transitional thing for right well workers right so it's it it, it could be a setup mm-hmm. in the esg revolution okay because 
the transparency part here because if things get fast tracked and and mm-hmm. all of a sudden oh so and so's quote unquote abandoned well right you know all of a sudden they got two hundred and fifty thousand to go plug that and so and so who nobody likes only got that that's yeah that's where you could see there's going to be that favoritism and cronyism well and, I mean that's where the ESG of, comes in yeah well that's where the transparency comes in because that G part of it is is where people are going to get bit next year mm-hmm. and the year after because you know it, it just trust me that's where it, it comes home no i could see that so what what are they doing with this now well uh basically this is just the study apparently there's more than thirty thousand orphan wells within a 30 mile radius of national parks nationwide so the study found a t- total of 214 f- uh, Thousand five hundred and thirty-eight total wells deemed unused or abandoned. Wow! And most, about fifteen percent, are within a third mile radius of a national park. It's just so interesting. The timing is when the Senate's going to vote on this. Have they even? Okay, this. Well, is it urgent. passed the House last week. Or that's right. Uh, Congressman Armstrong sent me that email. Okay, yeah. And uh, him and him and I think someone from Idaho, maybe. Okay. They. It was a Democrat. They. That's right. The New Mexico's Congress people also brought forth legislation yeah. in recent months. Yep. And it passed the House. Uh, ben Ray Lugin, Democrat, North uh, New Mexico, introduced uh, the Revive Economic Growth and Reclaim Orphan Wells Regrow Act. Regrow, that's Regrow. what it is. To Regrow, yeah. Four point well, Kramer was just on, our, was on last week about that. Now, what was he thinking about it? Was he was he supportive? Well, I think of it or the, I think he was even talking to the Federal Reserve guy about that. This seems to be something where you could actually have maybe some bipartisan agreement on it. I no, mean, everybody's going to agree with yeah, it. Yeah, people everybody's going to agree with it. Government's going to spend money. But, okay, here's what's going to happen. Everybody's going to agree with it, okay? But who's... And then six months, a year from now, mm-hmm. they're going to go back and see where the money went and who got it, yeah. and they're not going to agree with that. Yeah. Because oil and gas companies are going to get money. Mm-hmm. That's how it's going to go. Well, you know, you got some people that I've heard from, you know, on the Democratic side that are talking about, you know, it's the whole everything would be great because we can just have these same guys that are doing this now go and close all these wells. That's kind of some of the stuff I've heard. So from their point of view, it's kind of a win win. Right. Even though it's it's not that rosy. Right. Because what do you do after you're done doing that? Right. You're basically like. You're training the next guy, or you're digging your own grave, right, right? Right. It's yeah. You're you're. I mean, you're doing it for the money, right? You do it because you have to, and hopefully, it does lead to something else. But so the 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 left is coming at this from, hey, this is a this is a chance where we love oil guys doing this, and then it's gone. You know, so they're positive about it. On the other side, you got the idea of you know, it's it's it, it is money that's going to go out to these people, right? But yeah, if if seven months afterward or twelve months afterwards, we start to look, and it's like four companies. Right? No, I'm just even three of them are from Europe. No, it's even political. Yeah. So when the election season comes, exactly, um, they can pull that out and say, "Oh, look, so and so got this amount of money from the taxpayers." Yeah. Well, the the Wall Street Journal over the weekend said, "Big oil is now big or big tobacco." They they called it out right um, in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend. Did they really? Because that's something we've yeah, been did. talking about. No, they yeah. did. Yeah, and I made me think of it because I said those exact same mm-hmm. words in one of the interviews. In a, we did recently, oh no, a this was ago. 2019 in oh, an executive okay. boardroom, and they did not like that too oh, yeah, much. That's not going to make you happy. And I said, you guys need to really understand this is the way people are talking out there. Yep. So anyway, um, 
No, I, so it's, it's interesting how this is all this is going. I still think the bigger picture, though, is um, in their minds, they're looking at this as transitional money. Well, yeah, and that's what it, a casual observation, that's what it seems like to me. Just on the surface, here you got a situation where you want to close these guys for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Environmental, uh, you know, they might damage the park, you know, they might be contaminated water source. Sure, it makes sense. Pay these guys to do it. Okay, great. If in the same time, you're also making sure that if they don't have a job to go back to because the industry is transitioned, that they are going on to something else. I mean, this is an opportunity for us to actually make labor and stuff like this fair. I mean, because of the idea of doing this transparency, it's it's a new system. We have a chance to not screw it up. Even money we do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go to the next one, man. All right. Third story here. We should we do something fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know how fun this is. <laughs> All right. Basketball news, man. Sports, 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 sports. This comes from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram headline. Some female Mavericks fans angry that Jason Kidd is the new head coach. Here's why. Great example. Good. Oh, great example. So news broke late last week that Jason Kidd is going to the new coach, going to be new coach of the Dallas Mavericks, former point guard with the Mavs, and most recently an assistant coach with the Lakers. Uh, Kidd replaces Rick Carlisle, stepped down. The hire does not come without controversy. Mm-hmm. Goes on to talk about his actual career, but he has a checkered past that is darkened by domestic violence. In 2001, Kid pleaded guilty to spousal abuse, accused of hitting his now ex-wife. In 2007, after Kid filed for divorce, accusing her of extreme cruelty, uh, Germana, that's the wife's name or ex-wife, filed a petition alleging attacks in which her ex-husband punched, kicked, or choked her, once giving her a concussion by striking her with a candlestick. Wow. So that's a rub against some Mavericks fans, especially women. Well, I think the repeat doesn't help, let alone the one time. But, well, but the repeat shows, you know, kind of a behavior, a behavioral there. thing. And you got uh, in 2018, Sports Illustrated dropped an explosive report detailing a workplace, the Mavs workplace of scandal with a 20 year history of sexual harassment that led to a shakeup of the front office. So you've got basically. You got an organization that doesn't have a really good track record mm-hmm. with women, and then they do this. This one surprised me, by the way. Yeah, this just seems um, kind of tone and, deaf, right? There's a similar one in, in Portland, okay, and Chauncey Billups. Chauncey Billups, yeah. Now, he was, he went to Colorado, and he played in several different places around the yeah. NBA. But He was on the Pistons for a while, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he was on the Pistons. Yeah. He was drafted by the Pistons, yeah. actually. So Chauncey Billups, uh, I'm going to get to him in just a second. But first, I want to get to Jason Kidd because this is sports ESG right here. This yeah. is the governance part of, of ESG. Part of that is a background check. Part of that is to see if you're taking bribes. Part of that is to see how your governance and government relations are doing mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. And you can see this is not from the management. This is from Who? Some women in the organization. In the organization right. and fans and yeah. And fans. Yeah. Th- these are from people who have a voice now. Yeah. They didn't have a voice before. Now they have a voice. So I don't know Jason Kidd. I liked Jason Kidd watching him and at the University of Cal or Cal U when he, when he played in Cal. And I remember watching him in the Mavs. And you know? when he was with the Mavs, same thing. I think he won an NBA championship yeah. too. He started out with the Suns, didn't he? 
Um, maybe, maybe back. That in sounds the about right. Yeah. He was with, he was with a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it's, but very disappointing about the domestic abuse, but even more disappointing is the constant enablement mm-hmm. that surrounds Jason Kidd that allowed him to get to where he's at and prevented other people yeah. from opportunities. Think of how many people got suppressed in order to cover up that shit. Right. Yeah. The energy. Payoffs, that, intimidation. That went, right. Every, yeah. Everything that went into all the different times mm-hmm. to make sure no media or no person or no decision maker said anything about any of those domestic abuse yeah. charges. Yeah. Okay? All because somebody couldn't keep their hands to themselves. Right. In the meantime, women, other men... And probably some people of, of different age disparities, whether mm-hmm. it's older or younger, could have been just as qualified or had some good momentum going in. But because of yeah. the enablement of that type of an individual, they get suppressed every single Absolutely. day. Same people, same money, same results. And the one in Portland is a little bit different. So Chauncey Billups... He got a domestic. I think it was a gangbang or something, wasn't it? It was. It was a two-on-one deal. It was definitely a rape case. Was it rape? Yeah. I. I, I think Chauncey's was. Yeah. It was. It was something that was a little bit more. Yeah. It was two Celtics. Uh, it was him and Ron Mercer. Ron Mercer. That's yeah. who it was a Kentucky guy. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. And so, but that was like 1997, right? 98. It looks like. Okay. 1998. All right. So on th- that one, I'm a little bit. It's. It's. It, it was one time. Young, and and during you remember the '90s that Jerry Springer was number one, right? So there there was a little bit of some issues there, okay? And um, I'm not I'm not standing up for any of this, but man, that was 30 years ago. People can change. Oh, absolutely. But you know, one of the things that bugs me with like the kid one, anyways, it's like, well, you know why somebody thought to bring it back? It's Jason Kidd. He was in our heyday. He took you know we yeah. got our championship. Same people, same money. It's that, yeah. same. It's that type of thing. Mike, but he's not, he hasn't proven himself to be like a Phil Jackson or somebody like that, where it's like, you know, it's like Bill Belichick for basketball. He's not, he doesn't bring that kind of gravitas. He's mm-hmm. not Pat fucking Riley, right? Chauncey Billups, again, right? So are you telling me that at the end of the day, there was no one as qualified to be one of these coaches that didn't have some sort of harassment or some abuse. chauvinistic, some I mean, sort of really abuse. you couldn't have found some misogynistic. Yeah. I mean, to me, it just seems like good business because, yeah, you, you're either going to push through with this because to go back now is to show total weakness. Do you see how the COVID has created new bubbles, bubbles and new silos and new country clubs? Maybe that's the problem. These guys the, played the in a Portland bubble. one, too, is a little bit different as well, because they actually kind of went through some fake motions. Yeah. Like they brought in a female coach. Yeah. She was the assistant for uh, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, really? I didn't know that. And then there was a another male that they brought into, and I cannot remember who the other guy was as the coach, and then Chauncey Billups, right? And so Chauncey, um, I think he was – it was one of those things where he was awarded the job a week ago, mm-hmm. and then they did the interviews. Right. One of those things. Like, yeah. seriously, ESPN like award, like said – He's got the job a week ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then this girl from the Spurs, yeah, she's going to 
she'll bring in the snacks and serve coffee and then well, do the interview. It's like an and then NFL. the other guy will come in and this and that, yeah. you know. It's and lip service. Well, like in the lip, NFL, right. what do they call it? Is but, it the Rooney Law? But the girls called it out yeah. in Portland. And and they it was then, tokenism. But then they brought in the the rape charge or mm-hmm. whatever. Was it a rape charge? It was. It yeah, was, yeah, was ninety seven, oh, and it was with the, four. You were right. There's no coming back. Mercer from that. Billups and Walker's roommate, Michael Irvin. Not the basketball. Not the football player. I hope not. No, it wasn't. No, there was okay. no because I remember when that happened. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a whole. I think he did coke or got. So that I word said, I used was correct, wasn't yes, it? It was. It, it yeah, was it that. Really was that word? Okay, the word. You know, we rhymes. forgive. We forgive people that entertain us all the time, right? Movie stars, sports people, whatever. We forgive a lot because of what you know what what we like to see out of them, the kind of coach they are, the player they are. Yeah, this just seems dumb, man. Well, I think a lot of it is is that we forgive them if they have money. And that's wow. why so many people are pissed off that the government has created so many millionaires. Right? That's why, oh, no, they're really upset because the they, government has given so much money to people yeah. that do not deserve it. Because they just get it. One, It's like you, once you get in that door, man, and that's you get into exactly that system. Right. And now people are seeing it right before their eyes mm-hmm. at their own local banks. So they're seeing it, man. It's just something. That's what I'm saying. This is a great story because this is sports ESG. Yeah. So in fact, or lack so, of this, some of those emails we got that were that were showing, oh, so and so is on this board of directors, and yeah. look at the check that they gave to that organization that supports Joe Biden. I right. mean, those are the types of emails we're getting here, you know. So it's it's crazy this ESG stuff. It's going to be. It's 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 going to be a different type. Well, right of, now, it's uh, like the Wild West, man, because this why. is all brand new. That's why we have a good handle on it here. We have a very good handle on it here yeah, because well, we've been doing we it. Did, for, we've been doing it for ten. We're handling years. it. We we were doing it weekly seven years ago. So we we've got a great handle on it here at the Crude Life, but. Uh, we should probably get wrapping up. So what's what's the conclusion of that story? Then is he going to get the job? He's you know it sounds like at this point really all they're talking about is the is the reaction to it and not really what's going forward with it. It sounds I mean it's it's announced right. I mean it's it's done. So it's it's a done deal. My guess is we will see kind of some statement from kid, maybe from Cuban. Maybe we'll start to see uh, money given to an association or a new something started for women. You know, that's what I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. I guess if, as long as you get your social media purge, I guess people are okay with it. Huh? I guess so, man. All right. Well, when are you back? Are you here tomorrow or what's going on? No, no, I will be gone for another day or two working, working, working. Then I'll be back. And, uh, then gone again after next week. All right. Well, that's it folks. We got one show this week still with the play hard, work hard morning show. Otherwise we're going to be putting up new fresh interviews in isolation. Proper all week long leading up to July 4th, the big celebration independence day. We'll see you later folks. Take care.
Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller, especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy-duty 40-foot tape measure has three measurement scales on an extra wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, AmericanDirectionalDriller.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Nikolai Korniuk, Rieger Incorporated. Thank you for joining the program here today. Rigger, E-R, R-I-G-E-R. Just wanted to find out a little bit about more what's going on in your world and also how you guys are making an impact out there in the world of oil and gas and energy overall. So first of all, let's talk about the company, just a quick overview of what it is you guys do and uh, who your customer is. Thank you very much uh, for the pleasure to be a part of your conversation. Uh, Rigor is an oilful, uh, digital oilful platform, as we call it. So we're technically we're a software company with its own product that offers services for the oilful service and rental companies. Um, and um, a typical customer of Rigor is a company that has a any size of a rental fleet and offers services to the ENP companies and need to be effectively managing the, the fleet the resources, the people, uh, effectively dispatching it to the oil field and making sure that everything is working properly. And we provide the framework and infrastructure, IT, uh, digital infrastructure for those companies. One of the things that I have noticed over the last 10 years is the integration of the mobile, whether it be originally it was kind of the iPad and then it, I think it went to the iPhone, smartphone, whatever it might be. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, is it something that you guys have, have obviously integrated into your business model? Yes, of course, because mobile is now where things happen, and um, especially but in any business, not only a small business, but in any business, executives or the operational staff, they're all over the place, especially in the oil field. So you have to be on site. You have to deliver your services and equipment. So you have to be mobilized, so to speak. 
And um, for that, we have our platform is cloud-based, like all of us are using clouds more or less these days. So on-premise is no longer an appealing solution to anybody for the security reasons and any other ones. And uh, we have the cloud platform that has a suite of mobile applications that connect to the main database and um, provide information when people are using different mobile applications. They're function-driven. For example, if you're a salesperson, you need to have a CRM. And uh, you can either go and have a third-party CRM and integrate it with your main operations management system or accounting system. In our case, we provide all-in-one. So we have a system that allows you to, for example, generate tickets or track your assets, but at the same time on the computer, but at the same time you can use a mobile application that allows you to add information, update information, or access information through the mobile application. Uh, and that applies not only to the sales, but also applies to the operations staff when you need to dispatch tickets or the, if you're field personnel, you need to access your digital ticket on a mobile device uh, when you're in the field uh, and you need to know where you need to go, what equipment you need to bring along, what services you need to render, how you need to get to the place where you have to be. So all that is accessible through the mobile application uh, that we provide as part of the solution. Are you finding that a lot of the companies are more accepting now to this paperless technology and just the whole digital movement, or are there still quite a few hesitations or questions or just nerves, I guess? Well, I think we do find there's a there's an increase, and it has been, uh, to get all things digitized. Uh, however, uh, it all is driven by also the other side of the equation, the uh, the people that have to sign digitally on the um, on the documents, such as a food ticket, for example. And in many cases, the EMP companies or the people that are representing the EMP companies are still asking for a paper document to sign off on, um, which you can auto rigor, for example, print out and bring along and have them all signed. Uh, but as far as the oil service companies, more and more people are looking at integrating the mobile into their operations. And this is a trend. It's not going to go anywhere. I think uh, it's the faster you move on, the faster you adopt this kind of technology, the better off you are and um, scalable uh, your operations will be then. Uh, and um, you build, you'll be more efficient anyway. Because what we've heard is there are some legacy systems out there that have been in place for decades that don't have the mobile uh, application. And imagine that when you've done the job and then you have to run around on a truck, you know, hundreds of miles to get a paper signed and then haul it back into the office and then do that on a regular basis. Imagine how much of a carbon footprint you'll leave behind doing just that. So I think we're doing green things and digital technology exactly is helping us to do that. Reminds me of uh, the story of the airline industry. When they integrated the iPads in, it basically eliminated the black box. And the black box actually weighed like 50 pounds. And it was full of uh, the procedures and the manuals. And those were all paper. So every time there was a change, they had to change all the paper out in all the black boxes across all the planes. Well, not only did they find that there was an efficiency, and keep in mind, these, these savings and these efficiencies took a little bit of time for them to notice, so they didn't know this going in. So what they found was that not only did they save money by not having to print and not having to go and take the time to take 
those sheets out and put in the new sheets and all everything else like that. They actually saved a, a, a fraction, but it was noticeable on gas because every time of the 50 pounds being eliminated from yes. each flight. Uh, talk to me about some of those nuances that you guys are starting to see now or that customers have come back to you and said, wow, we didn't see that coming, but that that's something that was great. Well, in many cases, I think it's a serendipity, right? So some unexpected discoveries that we're seeing when we start implementing a system and uh, people all of a sudden have more free time on their hands because they wouldn't be doing and managing, for example, such things as extensive update, manual updates of spreadsheets for the daily reports. So we have an example of when uh, one client had a full-time employee who has been specifically dedicated to uh, do at least three days a week, a manual fill out of the uh, of the spreadsheet, just to make sure that everything is up to date and the report is ready, uh, showing the daily revenue to the management. Right now, after we have implemented the digital solution, we're all information uh, being uh, entered by different players in the organization and now always getting collected in one system, report is generated in a matter of minutes instead of days uh, and weeks at a time. So there you go. And how do you measure the, so all of a sudden a person becomes available to do other more value add uh, activities that are probably client facing rather than administrative activity, such as filling out a print uh, or a spreadsheet. How about when it comes to some of those customizations, because it's really difficult sometimes to know what to do. I mean, it's in the world of digital, you can do almost anything you want. And so, you know, how, how do you pull back and where do you find the importance and that sort of thing? Talk to me about how you guys go about getting some of those customizations, irons wrinkled out. That's a great question because um, we all are a little different as humans as well as organizations. And uh, when you come out um, in the market with a product or an offering of sorts, such as, for example, Rigor as a system, uh, people will start looking at it and asking, okay, so can it do a specific part because I'm doing uh, in my process because I'm doing it a little differently or people try to, through the trial and error, develop their own uh, steps and the process of, for example, dispatching equipment or repairing equipment uh, or tracking uh, where the assets are, including the documents. So customization is um, is always, we call it rather than customization, uh, configuration, because we've built a system that is more like the Lego block um, sort of set of tools. When you uh, pick one or another and then you put it together and it becomes a more complex uh, and a functional block, of, for example, in the operations management system. So we configure systems for everybody. We first open up the conversation when uh, we listen to and analyze the processes in organizations. Since we're well services, we know in many cases uh, processes already, but we still need to hear about how things are done at certain organizations. And then after that, uh, we propose one or another way of accomplishing a, a solution or a goal of a task, I think, in the system in most cases. And uh, sometimes we can offer a couple of ways, but it always should be driven by this most simple simple way of accomplishing a specific task. And that's what we're, where we have. So we configure the system. And if in some cases, organizations uh, that are complex uh, and they have still their own idiosyncrasies and they want to make sure that 
uh, we set up the system their own way, we can always do that in customization, which means that on top of, you know, having a uh, configured system based off the existing Lego blocks, we can build additional Lego blocks and add them to their current configuration. So there's different ways we can do it, but we always start with a conversation and understanding what the processes and the outputs that uh, the company has in mind. This, this digitization of the oil field is becoming its own supply chain, it seems like. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like there's like software for almost every part now. From the downhole to the well to you know to the to the office to even logistics when it comes to the trucking. I mean, all kinds of different things. Um, are, are you guys? Is that true that there's? I mean, is that there's almost like its whole supply chain within this uh, digitization side of things? Well, you wouldn't be too far off uh, if you say that. Indeed, there are a lot of um, software products on the market simply because. Um, there is a huge demand to make sure that people try to be efficient and um, computers and mobile devices are now ubiquitous. So almost anything you need to do when you're completing your job as far as tracking information, collecting information, communicating information within the organization or with the suppliers or with the clients. So you want to have that ecosystem of software that helps you to manage everything on the computer instead of relying on paper. So indeed, there are many different uh, software systems out there. And every one is a little different because um, not only even even within an industry such as an oil and gas or in our case, specifically oil field rentals and services, there are still differences in how um, um, people want to manage their business. And for that, there are some different packages with different focus. In our case, for example, uh, our rigor focus, and that's where it started, is rig equipment rental. So equipment rental is a very complex set of business processes and has requirements such as tracking every asset and making sure that you can analyze utilization of every uh, of every asset that you have. I mean, you want to know the history of when it's been repaired and when it's been maintained, and you want to be able to do it proactively. So different softwares allow you to do different things or maybe the depth of uh, what they're able or designed to do varies. So any company, depending on their specific needs, can pick and choose whatever they want or think they want uh, to use to accomplish their goals. So sometimes people come up with their own way of doing things. I mean, there's a combination uh, of using a SharePoint and a spreadsheet. And in some cases, if you're a small business, it can be just fine. It's not scalable, indeed. Uh, it's not necessarily all interlinked, and you can't really uh, glean a lot of insights out of it because you'd have to employ some IT resources uh, to generate that insight uh, for you. But you can slice and dice it in many different ways and our software that can do different things we have our own niche and we're proud we're who we work with and uh people are getting a lot of value out of what we're providing them are people still using patchwork software do you know i mean for a while there weren't they using software from other industries to try to hump along and that sort of thing they do uh and in some they cases, do they yeah <laughs> They Sorry. do, and in some cases they want to use it because they just find it maybe cheaper. Uh, for example, if you're in the oil field, uh, you can find a rental software that is used for the events uh, management, for example, like pans, tables, and chairs. And there's a lot of that software out there. Uh, it's a different market, and it's different requirements. Because, um, But it does work for some that do not have to have uh, really 
deep analytics about their equipment and if equipment is very complex and if they have unique requirements for their flow back or for the downhole rentals uh, where they need to track technical parameters of each rental unit as well as collect it. Uh, so go very deep into that uh, knowledge and insight about their equipment. So uh, if they don't want to do that or if they don't want to look into that um, area of their business where they are actually a lot of money can be made or saved. So then they can be used something that is a patchwork, like you said, and uh, very generic or even a spreadsheet. Yeah, this stuff gets very complex pretty quick. And so I always Indeed. like to try to pull back on a second or two whenever I can. So um, are you guys in um, in, in different uh, plays, whether it be oil plays, shale plays, conventional, unconventional, that sort of thing? Are you guys, have you got uh, case studies or anything like that that uh, you can let the people know about, you know, kind of anecdotal or maybe firsthand experience on how this uh, software is working out there? Well, we are, I mean, our um, area generally is oil field, and it doesn't really matter whether it's conventional or it's uh, shale. Uh, most of our clients, it happened that a lot, of, most of them are in uh, Texas. Uh, we also have North Dakota, we have Colorado. So there's all uh, states that where the shale, shale development is uh, particularly active. So this is where where our customers are operating. We don't differentiate, we don't discriminate rather. Uh, so we can, if, if a company has a rental fleet and they seem to be working in the mining industry or they are working in um, any other industrial segment, uh, so our software will work for them as well. So it's not really industry uh, discriminating, but it's more inclusive, but yet focused specifically on the oil field simply because it has a lot of features um, and specific modules that helping the companies in that uh, market space. All right. So what's next for you guys? You know, it, it's almost halfway through the year. In fact, the days are going to start getting shorter now. Sorry, buzzkill people. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about what's next for you guys in terms of goals and how can people reach out and give you some business? Well, this has been an interesting year so far and we're just, um, trailing off of the COVID year. So we're seeing a lot of positive dynamic in the market. However, there's a lot of um, also uh, cautiousness, I guess, about, and the market size has changed. So we're looking at a lot of interest, at a lot of interesting trends. Uh, however, you know, the oil is trending higher than 70. We're seeing a lot of M&A activities. And the next thing for us, is, if you are asking us, we are helping the companies that are reorganizing or even changing the ownership uh, to start a new on a blank slate, but not on a spreadsheet in an organized fashion. So we're seeing a lot of interesting inquiries uh, about uh, how to set up a system uh, for the newly formed business that came out uh, out of these crisis times and are looking to be extremely efficient and effective given the low margins right now in the market uh, when they set up their shop. So I think the future looks bright. I'm very um, optimistic, but we have to be realistic that things may not change and happen very quickly. So we're prepared for that. And um, we're just only adding additional uh, features and modules to our system to enable even more functionality uh, in the system. For example, we're talking about uh, uh, modules for the oil field services shops where people can actually run their manufacturing facilities using the same platform that we built for the services and rentals part. So 
uh, there's an expansion in the product uh, itself that we have been working on for some time. So we're excited and we're looking forward to bringing more and uh, more client of diverse nature and help them all manage their business effectively. And the best way to reach out uh, to us is to visit our website, which is rigor.us, R-I-G-E-R.us. Um, either phone us up, we're always here to help, or just uh, book a demo or, or at least visit some of the pages and um, read a little bit more about what we do and how we do. There's a lot of videos, uh, including the client testimonials on the website. So feel free to browse and uh, reach out to us. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Daddy was a preacher. She was his wife. Just trying to make the world a little better, you know, shine a light. People started talking just to hear their own voice. Those people tried to accuse my father, said he made the wrong choice. Though it might be painful. No, the time will always tell Those people have long since gone My father never failed Even when the rain falls Even when the flood starts rising Even when the storm comes I am washed by the water even when the rain falls Even when the flood starts rising Even when the storm comes I am washed by the water Even when the earth crumbles under my feet Even when the ones I love Turn around and crucify me starts rising even when the storm comes I am washed by the water even when the rain falls even when the flood starts rising even when the storm comes I am washed by the water even when the rain falls starts rising even when the storm comes I am washed by the water even when the rain falls even when the flood starts rising even when the storm comes I am washed by the water The 
The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is The Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with the mayor of Midland, Texas, Patrick Payton. But do you guys have any programs in place for women in the oil and gas industry or family-owned businesses or coming or anything that helps them out with things like that? The, the short answer is no. Um, I think the bigger answer is us realizing in the oil and gas industry, like most industries, we carry a pretty dominant chauvinism and yes. we don't even know it and and it's I don't want to get too political in this discussion when you even talk about race issues, but when everything started happening, you know, with the George Floyd issues and all that, one of the first things I did was I went and sat down with as many black friends as I had to say, talk to me, tell me what you go through, tell me what you live through. And I thought I knew some of the stories, but I didn't. And, and I had no return answer to the things they told me they went through. And I told you guys the story off air of how our families have come together as, yes. as, as we've had my son. Well, the funny part about my son, when I said, when he was talking about dating this Mexican girl, I said, I don't have a problem if you date somebody who's Hispanic. And he said, Dad, she's not from Spain. She's from Mexico. Absolutely. She's Mexican. Yes. And, so and we that do that correct that hilarious. a lot. We, people so, say that a lot. You're Hispanic. I'm like, no, no Mexican. I'm Mexican. <laughs> so we've watched this take place as well. And there is a correct way for all of us to deal with our chauvinism and a correct way for all of us to realize we really kind of do look at each other a little bit differently. And this is, uh, what are the right words? I don't want to offend anybody, but it's kind of what I do. It's a good old boy industry. It's. Um, I agree. To listen to the full-length interview with the mayor of Midland, Texas, Patrick Payton, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media enthusiasts. We have Facebook, Twitter, even LinkedIn and YouTube. Check out thecrudelife.com. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in Western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out the industrial forest. Forest.com. That's the industrialforest.com. The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500. 
300,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state, and safety is, is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, uh, the President Biden's administration, that this is Obama-Biden 2.0 plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of America. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing, what I think sometimes is just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company? And we pull in an electric car. So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Lighting. Our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com.